Warning, this podcast has been rated T because it's terrible. Welcome to Starforged, Shadowhunter, a brief interlude into other characters living in the Forge, performed by Redstone Archander. That's me. Powered by the game Iron Sworn Starforged by Sean Tompkins. Intro music by Glitter Schnitzel. Hello and welcome. Well, welcome to what's usually Starforged Tabula Rasa, but we're going to take an interlude. We're going to take a little break and delve into a different part of this world. With Janya Alder, we've been exploring the edges of, of occupied space in the forge. And I just wanted to take a little bit of a break and focus on a different area of the forge that we haven't gone to at all yet, which is uh, the Terminus. So in, so from the Ironsworn Starforged preview edition book, uh, it talks about the, uh, there being three different areas of the forge, and there's the Terminus, where humanity initially uh, makes it to the forge, and where they start colonizing, where they start expanding, and where most of like what civ- what humanity would call civilized space would be, then there's a, a boundary outside of that, more into the forge, which is called the Outlands, which is kind of kind of more the almost like suburbs of the big city of the terminus, and then you have uh, the Expanse, which is more like out in the boonies. And then beyond that, you've got the void, which is just where humanity has not yet gone. There's there's no colonies out there at all. So I wanted to jump back into the Terminus and do a story that's a bit different. One of my favorite uh, tropes, one of my favorite literary genres is like the hard-boiled detective. And I wanted to... Wanted to have something like that as a character. So we're going to go with the heroic template. So uh, that's from the Iron Sworn Lodestar supplement. They uh, Sean Tompkin gives a few different stat blocks. There's the standard one of a three, two twos, and two ones. And then there's a more harder one where it's, I believe, a two two ones and two zeros so everything goes down by one and then there's the heroic stat block which everything goes up by one so we've got a four two threes and two twos to distribute between edge heart iron shadow and wits so one of the questions like i had when trying to set this up is what makes the hard-boiled detective hard-boiled and usually it's been that they have seen uh, combat in their past. They've already been through trials and trip. Uh, already been through trials and tribulation. Am I even saying that word right? And often, so that came into play in literature uh, due to the Prohibition era. So you've got people that came out of the First World War that are just rather broken because of it. They've they've just saw utter devastation. And so, to begin with, 
I think we need to find out what are the two groups that we're fighting. I think this is, uh, so if we're in the Terminus, this is something fairly recent, like a local skirmish between factions. So this is also an excuse to use the new faction oracle that came out not too long ago. Uh, It's been a while by the time this actually hits, you know, the internet, but pretty recent for me. And I have finally started looking into uh, this thing that's codenamed Stargazer. It's the Iron Journal Starforged. It's a um, it, it's an app that has a ton of. It's got all the moves built in. It's got a dice roller. It's got the oracle tables. It uh, saves your different campaigns. And I'm just going to start with uh, doing a couple random factions. I'll just use the faction, the oracles, and let's start. So I've got, and it's just going to start filling in some of these. So we have the name is the Enduring Council. This is for our first faction. And they are a guild. Their influence is dominant. Their spheres are navigators and industrialists. Their projects are to escape the control of another faction or power. And I rolled two, and there was resolve a conflict with another faction. And so to be honest, since uh, those seem rather different, I mean, it could be that they're still in an active conflict, but I think I really wanted this to be in the past. The aggressions are at least stopped for now. We're in peacetime, but they're still fallout from from the past so i think this actually means there are going to be three factions involved so um and then i did relationships and i have broke faith with blank which i'm assuming that is with the that sounds like they broke faith with whoever they're trying to resolve a conflict with uh their quirks who body augmentations are respected and valued and rumors they know the location of a fabled treasure or lost technology. Okay. Now we have the name of the next group is the Forgotten Guardians. Ooh, and they're a fringe group. All right, so that's much smaller because um, I think the three types in total are fringe group, guild, and uh, dominion. So like dominion's like the much larger, much more like a, a government. Actually, yeah, from the book... The It says, Governing Powers is the summary. Their influence is notable, which the summary of that is dispersed influence across a few sectors. Their sphere is secrecy. Their project sees a powerful artifact or valuable treasure. <laughs> well, that works great. So we've got the Enduring Council, who knows the location of a fabled treasure or lost technology, and we have the Forgotten Guardians who want, who are a fringe group who want to seize a powerful one. And their relationships, we have maneuvering against. Okay. And their quirks, they favor a signature weapon and remove, and the rumors are they are preparing for a major offensive or operation. All right. So let's do our third and then figure out how these all connect. It's the Risen League. Oh, we have our first Dominion group. All right, so the, this is an actual government. Their leadership is 
oligarchical elite. Their influence is isolated. Okay. Their spheres. Exploration. Okay. Let's do a second one for them. Faith. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Their project, Prevent a Prophecy. Okay. And then we have Relationships, Temporary Alliance with, we've got Quirks are Distinctive or Elaborate Clothing, and Rumors Holds a Powerful Artifact. <laughs> oh, this is, okay. I'm already seeing how this works um, together, I think. Alrighty, so <clears throat> we've kind of established before that the ability to navigate the drift, like to find new, to, to do things other than just go with the passages, requires uh, an adept. So there are people that undergo, they take some sort of drugs or something, and they become able to navigate drift space because there's some sort of cost with it, which, and they're a guild. So I think, so what I've come up with is that the Enduring Council is literally, yeah, the guild of the the Adepts Guild. Actually, all right, so I think the Risen League, which is actually a governing force, I, given their name, I think they're newer. I think the war started with them taking over. And I have this, I hate to do it, but yeah, I think they're a, well, they have this, oligarchical elite so i think they they start scapegoating uh people that are the occasional paragon the occasional people that actually develop any kind of strange powers uh for whatever reason uh they're very distrustful of them and i think because they are so limited in their in their space in their scope that that maybe they've been subjugating those people, using them, uh, you know, scapegoating them as the other, as the reason for anyone in the lower... Cl so we know they're uh, oligarchical, so that that means... And they're the elite. So a small group of powerful and thus rich people over a large group of the more the, the masses, the, the struggling... The struggling worker, the struggling working class, and so the fringe group I'm thinking is got to be a group of the people with powers, the being harassed, being uh, thrown in jail for no reason other than for existing. They are kind of a rogue group. Uh, they see themselves as freedom for fighters, but the Risen League would absolutely paint them as terrorists. And I think the fact that the navigator, that there's a guild of navigators and the industrialists, I think, or the, like, I think that's the workers. I think there's a larger outside group that the fringe, I'm sorry, the Risen League captured space from. They fought them off and, oh, oh yeah. So the fact that the Enduring Council, uh, actually made peace with the Risen League is breaking the trust of the the Forgotten Guardians. The, the, the group of, let's just call them what other games also call them, is the Paragons, people with any kind of these manifested abilities, uh, including people like the Navigators who may take 
drugs or be go undergo some some change to become one. Um, yeah, so they've they've allowed. I think they've reestablished their ability to uh, do trade, like with the navigators, with the with the adepts, and but the Forgotten Guardians, the Guardians, they want some sort of artifact that the Forgotten League has, and the and the Enduring Council knows where it is, probably because they helped transport it. So I think our character fought in this war. The thing I, I like it. So in order to be like the hard-boiled detective, it's someone who was in a fight and now it's peacetime and they keep getting like drawn into more like local skirmishes. They're like usually a case brings them into some like physical conflict with like the mob or something because that was also part of that time. Some sort of large criminal enterprise. But what I think is happening here is he, uh, our character, our main character, participated in the fight for independence for the Risen League, but I think they're not there anymore. I think part of that disillusionment, they, yeah, they left that area. So I think they're in the Enduring Councils, that area, but let's find out, let's find out some more about the character. So actually, when I opened up the program, it automatically generated a random name in the name the main character and it's Casey Hunter and I really want to keep that because I like that but we're going to do a call sign for them oh and that is shadow that is perfect literally their call sign is shadow their last name is hunter so their shadow hunter that is that is the name of this this is going to be starforged shadow hunter Unless I come up with something better, I really doubt it. Uh, uh, ooh, come on, do the thing. And our first looks are grim and athletic. And I've got some bad news. That was the last place I had saved, which I had saved because the computer started acting a little weird. But I kept recording, and I kept going for a while, and it lost everything up to that point. So what's the problem? Well, I was not great at writing everything down of every role I made, but I really wanted to explore this character, their past a bit more. Unlike our character Janya Alder, who's a tabula rasa, a blank slate, someone who's forgotten all his past and and has had his mind changed, this is someone who is steeped in the world. Here is somebody who's steeped in knowledge of, of the terminus, of the politics of the day, whether or not they're part of it actively. I wanted to know more about them. So one of the first things I did was I wanted to find out what is the mission they're being sent on. And one of the ways, well, the main way and the fun way I thought it would be would be to do a... He's asked to action, so the action oracle, action, a theme of a descriptor focus. And what we got was explore weapon of a hidden ship. And he's being hired by Cole Griffin. So with a bunch of oracle roles, what we learned is that Cole Griffin used to be a lackey of Shadow but betrayed him in some way. 
it became clear that our character Shadow is actually uh, a paragon of some kind and was using their abilities in a way to protect others. But this Cole Griffin ends up outing Shadow to to the command structure. So we know that the the Risen League is very much against Paragons openly. They are scapegoating them. They're they're not good guys. They they're imprisoning Paragons just because they're different, because they're strange, because they have unnatural powers. They're tainted to them. We also found out that Cole Griffin was the son of an admiral who, at the time, during the war, was like one of the right-hand people of the Commandant, who is in charge of... They are one of the main uh, oligarchical elite. They were actually like the war chief. And what happened was, Cole was a private at the time, he was brand new, he was green, and he was shadowing, man, I hate using that word so much, uh, but he was on a ship learning how how it worked as a not, he wasn't part of the crew, he was like temporarily assigned just for training missions, just as an observer. Our main character, Casey, Casey Hunter, was a kind of an advanced scout for any landing missions, more of a someone who would break into things. He was a spy, and the thing that made him so successful was his ability to actually cloak himself in darkness. So he has the shade asset. But beyond that, we found out that Casey Hunter was actually able to do something new, something rather unseen, which was extend that power to enclose their rather small scouting ship and cloak them completely on his own. And that was one of the things that kept the crew, the crew safe. They were the, one of the most decorated crews. They had no casualties for years straight in the war because of this ability. So when Cole goes to the immediate supervisors to explain how, Casey needs to be arrested and removed from from service. Well, this, this is a problem because their immediate superiors have to know that Casey is doing or somebody on this ship is making it disappear. There's no way other ships aren't noticing that on occasion this ship can just slip out of existence. So now but then, of course, uh. Cole ends up, he's a bit of a, a, he's green, he's a bit of a true believer, and he goes to his father and gets, gets Casey removed from the ship. Unfortunately, due to the political situation, you can't take decorated heroes and then throw them in the gulag. So they end up actually discharging him early, so every, it turns out, all the men are being drafted for, like, a five-year service, and Casey's let out after three years, after exemplary, exemplary service, and in base, and is basically told, we're only not throwing you in this because of your status. You know, don't, don't jeopardize this. The problem being that although this crew is one of the best crews, even without Casey, they lose that edge of 
a truly unique way to be stealthy. And although they are amazing, eventually they run into a situation that, well, it destroys the ship and the crew is lost. To further complicate matters, we decided, I decided, the dice decided, who the people were and how many were on the ship, who the people were and how many were on the ship. And we had six other people on the crew of Fortune's Favor. And it turns out one of them is Blake Hunter, the older brother of Casey Hunter and the captain of Fortune's Favor. Along with them, we had Sage O'Neill, who's a gunner. We had two different pilots who were adepts. We had Zari Kobayashi, who was also a bit of a seer and a, a rolled up that they're a prophet, but they're part of the, a little bit in the priestly cast of, of the Risen League, who, who are religious, <coughs> and it's that religious fervor which is separating the line between adepts and paragons and, and who's tainted, who's not. Uh, and we also had another pilot, Amari Nazari, which I love that name. We also had Yelena Sevilla, who's a mechanic, and Nassar Kane, who was the ship's medic. And we found out that Casey Shadow Hunter was basically the infiltrator, was the person who could sneak into a facility, break in, get their way through, get whatever intel they needed, and get out. We've also learned that the reason Cole is showing up to to hire Casey is the fact that this hidden ship belongs to the Forgotten Guardians who are planning some sort of mission. And this is the only the second time ever they've seen a ship completely disappear off of their radar. And this time it isn't one of theirs. So this is incredibly concerning. They have sent a bunch of agents in, none of which have been able to infiltrate. And they worry it's a weapon that destroys anyone who isn't tainted or maybe it taints them or something they're they are so unsure they've sent so much spy power into this and have got nothing back so now the only person cole griffin now an admiral in his own right well there's clearly nepotism but he's become an admiral himself he is and he has been watching casey for years now and he knows that Casey has only continued to be a good person and is honorable. So now Admiral Griffin is going to try to leverage that against Casey to get him. Although Casey no longer lives in the Risen League. He lives outside the influence of this oppressive government of his home. He's... He's going to try to leverage that into getting him to save his home. To keep the iron vow that he swore when he joined, well, when he was strong-armed into joining the Risen League's space forces, that he swore to protect them from threats both internal and external. So to get into the nitty-gritty of things, I am making this character with that heroic stat setup so we're actually going to have uh his edge and heart both be three so he he's quick and he's 
He's got courage. He isn't the toughest, though it, it is a two, which is amazing for a lot of other Iron Sworn Starforged characters. His shadow is four. He's the best at sneaking. That is one of the best sneaking, lying. He's got that ability. And he isn't always the smartest. So his wits are to two, which is still great, which is still great. But just for this, it's the lowest stat I could give him. He's got more assets than the normal. I actually ended up giving him uh, 10 total experience due to actually rolling up some of the past bonds he had with the crew and so he has the shade asset along with the ability to increase his expand his veil so i added another i upgraded the asset he has the agent asset and the scoundrel asset so the 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 three he had as a brand new recruit i think was scoundrel agent and Shade, you know, he got some training and whatnot, and that's what he focused on. He ends up expanding that Shade ability, and we also have, and this is something that carries with him onto whatever ship he's on, is he actually has Stealth Tech. So he himself is the Stealth Tech, and that is actually also, that also has an, an upgrade, and it's also been advanced. He also has the Empath ability as well. I think that developed alongside... And then, of course, he also has a starship, which that probably will be dropped once he's infiltrated the, the the hidden ship that he's looking for. Ooh, we need a name. I actually never got that name. So if we could do that. And the starship that he's looking for is the Shattered Siege. Nah, I don't like that name. Let's do another one. Kuno's Hammer. Yes, that's it. So now Kuno's going to be... The captain of the ship. You've got to be... Yeah, it's Kuno's hammer. Nice. And I think that's enough to get us started. So we're going to start with a with the story. To learn what happens, keep listening. This show is brought to you ad-free by Privilege. No ads, no Patreon, just a cishet white man with disposable income and time. It is performed, edited, and all that good stuff by Redstone Archender. The story is powered by the game Iron Sworn Starforged by Sean Tompkin. Outro by Glitter Snitchel, channeling the spirits. This has been a Sofa King Cool production. <laughs>